Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us again for Session 10 of Kaniac Sessions. Uh, I'm Griff. I'm A.B. And today... Uh, for session 10, we've got some something a little special for everybody. We sat down with Wade Minter, your Carolina mm-hmm. Hurricanes public address announcer, and we just talked about him and his career so far as the PA announcer for the Hurricanes and um, just kind of had some fun, you know, picked his brain a little bit, asked some questions that I've been wondering forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited for you guys to hear that. And we're going to get straight into it here in just a minute. But first things first, we're brought to you by DraftKings as a member of THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network. Sports gambling's coming to North Carolina. NFL's kicked off a few weeks in. College football's off and running. I think we're mid-season now. So um, go ahead and download DraftKings. Create an account, use code THPN when doing so, and score some bonus bets. And also, uh, something new that we just uh, we just teamed up with SeatGeek. Mm-hmm. Um, so SeatGeek, if you are a new user to SeatGeek, you can sign up, and your first purchase, uh, if you use promo code Caniac Sessions, that's one word, no space between Caniac and Sessions, then you can receive twenty dollars off your first ticket purchase. So utilize that, take advantage of that. Um, and we are going to be partnered with SeatGeek moving forward. So uh, before we get into this interview, let's hear from AB. AB, how you doing, brother? Good. It's Let's get this party started. Uh, we've been waiting for it. It's finally here. But before we do that, like you said, let's get over into the interview with Hurricane's public address announcer, Mentor. You're listening to Kaniac Sessions. All right, joining us for session 10 of Caniac Sessions, we've got um, a special guest with us this evening, and I'm quite sure if you've been a Carolina Hurricanes fan for any period of time or attended a game at PNC Arena, you have you definitely know who he is. So the Carolina Hurricanes public address announcer, Wade Minter, joins us. Um, do you... Do you go by mentor? Is it Wade or do you prefer how, how, what do we call you here? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I guess in my family life, it's Wade uh, around the canes. It's mentor and it's uh, Miss Jackson. If you're nasty. So anyone you want. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, mentor joins us. Uh, How are you, are you ready for the season? Have you been enjoying your evenings off lately? Are you, are you getting ready back to get back into it? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's here. So summer's over. Um, you know, I'm back into it. Preseason games under my belt, knocked all the rust off from the off season, but, but yeah, it's looking forward to a great season. Did a little travel with the family over the summer and awesome. Now it's go time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, getting, 
the team's going to be good this year. I mean, you know, I mean, they've been good re in recent years, but it's got to make, uh, you know, your job more enjoyable when the team's good, the crowd's, you know, active, there's people in the building. I mean, uh, what do you think about the team? Well, certainly the last uh, – so this is my ninth season. I'm starting off uh, season number nine with the Kings wow. here. I know. It doesn't seem like that long. Uh, <laughs> but the beer the beer was a lot less white when I started. Um, <laughs> but, no, it, it's interesting because I came in uh, to the job at the very tail end of the dark year. So I started in the 15-16 season. So 15-16, 16-17, 17 uh, were all pretty bad. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. unexciting hockey, not a lot of fans in the building. And, and, you know, really what reason were we giving them to, to come cheer? Like it had been 10 years without the playoffs at the end there. And that's, right. that's a tough thing to overcome. So, you know, those first few years, I was really having to kind of manufacture whatever energy I could in the building through the power of the microphone, just to try to get something. And then in the 18, 19 season, things flipped uh, brought in Rod Brindamore, new ownership coming in at the end of the 17-18 season with Tom Dundon. And hey, then we got good. Uh, and it was the, uh, you know, the bunch of jerks era. Right. And yep. Yep. That was that was a, a amazing season to be a part of. Um, and then we continued to be good, which I think was the thing that was really cool to see, because throughout the Canes history, and I've been here as a fan since 99, there have been, mm -hmm. you know, you'll have a really good year and then a few bad years. And you have a really good year and a few bad years. And there's never really been kind of a sustained period of good hockey and success in the standings until very recently. So, you know, it's been been a delightful treat over the last five years to be able to announce a lot of really good hockey to a lot of really passionate fans, to lose some hearing in my right ear uh, from how <laughs> loud they are. And I'm really looking forward to more of the same this year. Awesome. No. Yeah, it's definitely uh definitely going to be an enjoyable season. I mean, you can already tell. It's it's uh it's ramp it up to be a good one. No, I mean, there were there are were a couple of things that you did this year. I remember uh when the fourth overtime happened. I remember I can't remember if it was the <laughs> yeah. third going into the fourth overtime and I remember you just said uh, going into overtime, I'm so sorry. And I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> and I, I remember it went like all over the internet and everything. Is that really cool to see when something like that happens and you look the next day and it's just all over uh, X or Twitter or Instagram, TikTok or wherever? It's it's weird the ones that get away from you because, you know, I'm I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to make sure the crowd's having fun. I'm uh, trying to toss in little things every now and again to make sure that the the show doesn't get stale or what I do doesn't get stale. And every once in a while, for some reason, something somebody finds something that I do and it just kind of blows up. And and it's really interesting to see. It's it's certainly fun to get recognized for being able to bring, I, I hope, a fairly unique perspective and and approach to the role of PA announcer. But it is weird, kind of the ones that uh, that take off and kind of get out of your hands. And that was one of them. I think that was on. I think that was on, was it Sports Center or ESPN or maybe. Uh, yeah, I think ESPN put it online. Yeah. I was, it was it was all over the place, and yeah, that was funny. You know, maybe maybe not the best choice, but it was already it was very very late, and I was a little loopy. Um, we were we all, all were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were all, all very loopy at that point. So, uh, 
yeah, I'll blame that one on the fact that it was, you know, one in the morning and the game was still going on. Fair <laughs> enough. So you say this is your ninth season coming up, correct? Or that's far as you know. Okay. Got it. <laughs> so, so, uh, take us back nine years ago. Uh, you know, how does someone land this job? How does someone become the public address announcer for an NHL team? How, you want to walk us through that story? Probably not the way that I did. Um, <laughs> people are like, how do you get the job? I'm like, man, it was a series of very weird coincidences. Um, yeah, it actually is, uh, Yesterday was eight years to the day since the Canes announced me as the the new PA announcer. A week or two before that was my tryout game um, when I was on the mic for it. Uh, just kind of for a little bit of backstory, I did not grow up with hockey. I grew up in the tobacco fields of rural southern Virginia, so just over the Virginia state line from here. Okay. Uh, um, baseball fan as a kid, and... But, you know, hockey was always that kind of weird thing you'd see on ESPN when you're flipping around trying to find a baseball game. No understanding of the sport whatsoever. Uh, I, I remember one kid in my high school came to school one day with a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. This was in the early 90s. And we were just like, what's that? He's like, it's hockey. And we're like, what is that? Um, <laughs> but... During my time uh, in, in junior high, high school, I did a lot of public speaking. Uh, my mom's an English teacher. She's retired now, but she got me into public speaking as an activity to try to kind of get me out of my shell. Uh, went to college at William & Mary in the mid-90s, got a computer science degree. As part of what I was doing at William & Mary with my computer science degree in the very, very early days of the web, I built the first website for William & Mary's uh, sports information department. So I put Tribe Athletics online for the first time. Wow, nice. And, uh, you know, I could do a little something with the computers. Um, as part of that, they were like, hey, thanks for the website. That's really cool. Um, you know, I see you've done some public speaking in your background. Have you, you know, are you interested in doing any like sports PA announcing? I'm like, absolutely I am. They're like, great, we've got some sports that need one. So I did... Uh, women's soccer, women's basketball, volleyball, and was god awful at it, just <laughs> terrible at it. Um, you know, looking back, I'm like, man, I was embarrassing. But the good thing was, I got to make a lot of my early mistakes there, kind of uh, in front of a, a fairly small audience. <laughs> After college, I, I promise I'm getting to a point here. Uh, there, there won't be a point <laughs> at the end of the story, I, I can assure you. Um, at the end of college, um, after bouncing around the Northeast for a couple of years, I, I moved to Raleigh in 1999, needed a hobby because I didn't know anybody here and got involved in a local improv comedy group that was called Comedy Sports at the time. It's called Comedy Works Now. Same mm -hmm. show. And the show is a lot like Whose Line Is It Anyway, except with a sports theme. So there's a red team and a blue team and a referee and an announcer. And I did this comedy announcer character for a very, very long time. So I built wow. this like improv comedy, you know, voice from above announcer character through my years at, in that show. Um, during that time, I also started playing hockey as an adult. I picked it up as, it didn't, again, didn't play it as a kid. In 2011 or so, I started doing professional wrestling ring announcing. 
nice. through a friend of mine who's in, who who I knew through the improv group. Um, so uh, the group in Raleigh called Gouge Wrestling. I do ring announcing for them, and so I learned to kind of work a crowd on the microphone in the ring with them. I, I knew how to work a crowd in you know the comedy show, and then in 2014 I answered an open call on Twitter from NC State's club hockey team. They were like, hey, we could use an announcer and a DJ. So I wrote to him. I was like, hey, you know, I do comedy announcing. I do ring announcing. Um, I, I play like I could I could help you out. And they're like, cool, come on in. So I got a year of college hockey under my belt in 24-2015. All that led to um, 2015 preseason. So I... I go to the first preseason game and hear that there's like a new PA announcer at that game. And, you know, I wasn't, wasn't super impressed, but I, I came home that night and emailed a couple of the folks I knew in the, in the Canes organization. Cause my comedy group had done some work for them in like the 06, 07 season, some kiss cam bits and some penalty box bits like video uh-huh. bits. And I was like, Hey, you guys like trying out, announcers or something i'd like to try out you know i i do nc state and i do comedy works and i play and all that stuff and uh the response i got was we we had the tryouts a month ago wade um not sure how you missed that one um but you know what if you come down the arena today we'll give you the same tryout we gave everyone else a month ago um so i was like i can do this yes i i can make time in my schedule uh, so <laughs> went, went down there in an empty arena, did some kind of fake goal calls, sponsorship reads, penalties, that starting lineups, the whole nine yards there. Uh-huh. Um, got a call that afternoon saying, Hey, are you interested in doing in announcing the second and final preseason game? Uh, we, we liked what we heard in your tryouts. We'd like to like to hear you in a real game. And I was like, yes, I, yes, I, I, I can do this. Uh, once again, I'll clear off my schedule. Didn't tell a single person except for my wife and kids that I was doing this. Um, so I show up and I do the, you know, do the game, and I'm feeling honestly pretty good about it. Uh, I've done improv so long that it's really hard to throw me. I know how to work a crowd. I know the sport. I know how to interact with the officials because of the year of college hockey. And the funny thing was that all of my friends that I've been sitting with in <clears throat> in the arena for years. Had no idea. None of them know it's no, <laughs> no idea it's me because my speaking voice and my announcer voice aren't like super close. Uh-huh. So if you or if you didn't know it was me, you probably wouldn't know it was me. Um, so I'm sitting there like checking Twitter during the during the breaks, and people are like, "Wow, this guy on Friday is way better than the guy on Wednesday. They should hire a Friday guy." <laughs> uh, and then it turns out that uh, the next you know Monday morning came around and they offered me the job. And 355 games later, I've never missed one. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. I keep thinking if I miss a game, they're going to find somebody better than me and replace me. So I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to miss a game. I don't want to get that opening. Don't want to give them the opportunity. Wow. Yeah, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. Well, we've I've seen on your TikTok. I followed your TikTok. Uh, and you, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't follow me. <laughs> you put out an awesome behind-the-scenes uh, TikTok about how games look like uh, when you're leaving your house to – when game time starts, could you kind of walk us through how it uh, has been now compared to obviously years ago where there wasn't as much fan interaction? 
Yeah. Um, so are you more interested in like how I prepare for the game day or game day or kind of how I use social or kind of, but, um, I mean, there? just how, I mean, just kind of how, uh, a typical game day goes yeah. for you. Yeah. So, um, job number one in, in this business, in, in my, my opinion is get the names right. Everything else is yeah. like <laughs> icing on the cake, you know, but if you don't get the names right, you're not doing your job. So, uh, the Canes actually, uh, through folks like David Piper and the media relations department, do a really good job at this because they have an audio pronunciation guide available where basically every guy in the system, they've got saying their name so I can hear how they say it. So on the Canes oh, nice. side, it's it's really good. And, you know, I think more more teams should have something like that. For the opposing team, I, I get the rosters usually in the morning. I, I see who's playing. Take a look down, see if there's anybody I don't don't recognize anyone that I'm going to have to learn their name. So there's usually a couple, and so I'll go onto YouTube, try to find interviews where they say their name, try to find interviews where like their home media is saying their name. So if, so if I'm wrong, I'm no more wrong than the people in their home market. So you know, can't blame me for that one. True. Um, make sure that I've got all my stats and stuff straight. Uh, because I write down how many goals on the season each player has so that when it says, you know, Carolina Hurricanes goal, his X, you know, 10th of the season, 11th of the season, I know that I've got it, got it handy. And then I will go into the arena get my, co- you know, get my coffee, head to the arena, <clears throat> got, got a routine. I'm a creature of habit like anybody else in hockey. We have a production meeting a couple hours before doors, about an hour before doors open, a couple hours before puck drop where the game producer and everyone who's involved and that's Chitovi, that's Megan, that's DJ, Mr. Ills. That's the camera operators, replay operators, everybody, the entertainment uh-huh. who are, you know, wrangling the contestants. We all go over the script for the night, make sure we're all on the same page. We all understand kind of who's depending on who. Uh, then I'll go down have some dinner in the media room and kind of between the end of dinner and the start of warmups, I'll just kind of walk the concourse because what else do I have to do? Yeah, I've seen you down there plenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll just walk uh, walk laps, and if anyone wants to say hi, I say hi to them. And you know, you know, if I see my friends, I'll go talk to them. Back upstairs at about twenty minutes on the clock, so I can get ready for warm ups at sixteen on the clock. Watch for who are the starting goalies who lead their teams out for warm ups, um, and then at that point, starting the show, we do you know we do all of our kind of pregame reads, we do officials introductions, the whole nine yards, and at that mm-hmm. point, it's show time. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a time commitment. Two you yeah. said an hour before doors open. That's a pretty. So I'm assuming you have a do you have a job outside of? <laughs> I mean, outside I, of I, hurricanes. I do. Yeah. Wow. It's it's funny. Um, you know, my my kids. My my oldest is 20. She's a junior at Carolina. My my youngest is 16. She's a senior at, in high school. Sometimes their friends will come up to them and be like, "Oh, your dad's the announcer, right?" And they're like, "Yeah." Like. You know, is that his only job? And no, <laughs> it's not my only job. No, I'm definitely a part-time employee. Uh, my real job is in technology. So uh-huh. okay. I'm a software developer by trade. I do sales for a software services company. I have my own startup that I'm running. You know, I, I stay busy. Uh, but yeah, yeah it, is a, it is a time commitment. So if it's a seven o'clock start, I will leave my house uh, up in North Wake at about four o'clock. And then I'll roll back into my house about... 10 30 ish if wow. nothing yeah. happens so yeah and you, it's a long night and, 
and not only uh, home games, but you do the um, do the watch parties for the away games too, correct? I do. So you know, probably about a quarter of the away games, we'll do a watch party at one of the Carolina Alehouse locations, and I've been the MC for that for several years now. So yeah, the, the mm-hmm. and then we get to the playoffs. I'm doing something every game because I'm either announcing at home or we have a watch party every road game in the playoffs. So yeah, it's a lot. There's a lot going it on is. there. Sounds like it. Yeah. So something I've always wondered and, you know, when a goal is scored or the ref calls a penalty on the ice, what happens between the time that that occurs on the ice and the moment you announce it in the arena? I can, I can just picture like, you know, all these, (laughs) all these connections happen and, you know, Toronto (laughs) decides who has the assist and this and that. And then, that moment that you announce it to the arena, what occurs between that? Are you just like refreshing the NHL app to see, you know, who scored? Or, or You're laughing, like a- <laughs> but uh, so so it's changed pre-COVID to post-COVID. So pre-COVID, I sat in the penalty boxes. So I was down there with the official scorer, official timekeeper, right. and. So I would get all my information from them. So basically goal is scored. Ref skates by. He'll tell you who the, the who he thinks scored the goal, but he doesn't care about assists. It's not like beer league where the refs mm-hmm. you know, keep track of everything. Um, so then the, you know, the official scorer calls up to uh, the other off ice officials who are watching the replays. They figure out like, all right, who got the assist? Was it tipped? Whatever. Then he's got. Then he would relay to me the official scoring. Same thing with penalties. Uh, whether I, you know, I could if it's a simple penalty, I'd see the ref. You know, you know twenty-seven, mm-hmm. two minutes for holding or whatever. If it's a big schmaz on the ice, then I the, the ref would stick their head in, talk to the official score, and then I'd get that from the official score. Those were the halcyon days before the great pandemic. Um, yeah. After the pandemic, I the NHL as a as a league kicked all of us PA announcers who were still in the penalty boxes out. Uh, why? You'd have to ask Gary. I don't know. I uh, never got an explanation. So now I'm up at Press Row. So I'm on the fifth floor with all the media, and I literally have my laptop open to the NHL media site. Um, <laughs> no joke. And so that's where I'm kind of getting the official information. Because once the official scorers enter that stuff into their systems, it will kind of eventually make its way to uh, the media site. And that's when I know it's official and ready to go. Uh, I'm also, I am in communication with the people in our production room. So the replay ops and people like that, um, they will often see things sooner than the NHL will. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, my replay op, Johnny G, he'd be, like, yeah, yeah, second assist was definitely 11 uh, to 74 to, you know, 71 or whatever. Like he or he'll like, I don't I, I don't know if anybody touched it on the way. So we're all just kind of in communication. So I'm kind of pre-writing everything based on what they see. And then they're like, OK, it's good. Then I can start talking. Got it. That's interesting because I always wondered, you know, I didn't, didn't know if there was like some official you know process or or if there should was- be. In my opinion, uh, but I don't have one. Got it. <laughs> no, but I mean, hey, it works. It works. So it's usually, you know, 
it's usually the correct info. I don't remember. I don't recall too often that it's not. So yeah, every once in a while, like they'll add a secondary assist three or four minutes later or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my goal for myself is I want to be talking as soon as the puck drops. That that's my goal. And I, when I was down in the box, I used to be able to hit it pretty much every time. Mm-hmm. Now it's usually I don't know ten seconds or so before things settle and I can start talking, which you know is fine. Uh, I'd like to be relaying the information more quickly, but I work with what I got. <laughs> That's all you can do. So I wanted to. So I wanted to ask you. You are known for uh, enunciating names spectacularly, whether it's Aho, Slavin. Uh, so many other Teravine and so many other guys. When new people I'm a come personal, in, I'm a personal fan of the auntie. Just throw that yeah, out. yeah, auntie, that's, auntie. that's a good one too. That's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, when new guys come in, for example, my, Michael Bunting, Dmitry Orlov, or some of the new guys that may not be set starters yet, but most likely we already know two of them. How do you kind of get the inspiration to enunciate those names? Because when they were on the way team, it's in a low voice, obviously. But now that they're on our team, like, how do you get that inspiration? Do you just come up with it on the fly? Or is it something that you've kind of practiced and planned out? Yeah, a little of both. Um, So if we if we sign somebody, you know, look at the name and be like, all right, I've got some ideas about what I want to do with it. I want to want to try to make them all as unique as possible. Um, Sometimes that's harder than others, given kind of this the phonics and the the set of sounds but by and large i want to try to make everyone as unique as i can so i'll have some ideas like okay i could do it like this i could do it like this i might try a couple on my family like what do you think but really it comes for from doing it for the fans and seeing how people react how it sounds in the building um and it takes usually a, you know a couple weeks or so of of just kind of tweaking playing with it before i uh get to something that i like and then if I get to something that I like, as you know, I'm generally very, very consistent about saying it, uh, which is which is fun for me when the crowd starts saying the names just like yeah, I say I was them. about to say, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's super awesome. fun for me. And and that that only comes about because of the consistency in, in the pronunciation. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of me having a couple of ideas. What might I want to play with? A little bit of sounding it out over the microphone, seeing what I think. Is this too similar to this other guys? Can, can I play with something? until I end up settling on a pronunciation that I like, at which point it kind of becomes permanent. Yeah, that's awesome. I've got a few favorites. Uh, yeah, there are a few. I'm definitely, most. definitely when Ronta is a star and we get that. Uh, uh, the big long. Oh, it's even, it. it's yeah. even, uh, I remember during the playoffs when it happened, I, the, you, uh, you were announcing like Andy and at um it, the crowd was so into it, and it was so loud i was like oh my gosh this is amazing yeah, yeah and, and those are the moments that that really stick with you and, and make the job worthwhile is when you can make a connection with the fans using only your voice in a way that provides them them happiness provides them some entertainment provides them a memory um or just a, a chance to kind of do a little group participation with the rest of the fans. Like the, mm-hmm. it's, it's really interesting to me as someone who's kind of used my voice for, for a very long time that, that you can elicit that type of, of reaction just from the way you're talking. And, you know, I think that that 
for me is one of the things that really drives me is like, can I do something with what I've got to work with, which is certainly not my face. Right. And, <laughs> and, and make something, make, you know, make something that people can really kind of latch onto that they can, they can enjoy with their family, they can enjoy with their friends and, you know, kind of take with them. Cause you know, just like I, I, you know, grew up, yeah, there's a lot of pro wrestling in, in what I do with the Canes, and I grew up listening to like a like Howard Finkel from from the WWE. Oh gosh, yeah, one of the great. And if you heard Howard Finkel, you knew it was him. It was not like oh, you know, this could be any of a dozen announcers. Like this could be anybody. You know, like no, that's the guy. Like that's who he is. And he had a very you know very distinct way of announcing people and very very distinct cadence and. People have asked me, not that I know anything, like, you know, oh, I want to be a PA announcer too. Like, you know, what what tips can you give me? I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't even know how I'm doing this. <laughs> but the one piece of advice I do give and, and I think is actually legit is that if you sound like everybody else, you could be anybody else. So if, you know, like the, the guy who had the other tryout um, the, the season I came on, he had an amazing voice. Like that guy had a great voice objectively. Like he didn't have kind of the energy and the cadence for hockey, but objectively like this guy's voice was way better than mine. Um, But he kind of could have been anybody, right? Like, so, you know, as much as yeah. I can, I try to make what I do distinct to, to me and, and hopefully everybody kind of finds their own path and in, in making something their own. But that's really kind of the one one piece of advice or one kind of lesson that I've learned through my journey doing this, uh, that I feel like I'm, I'm qualified to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So mentor mail, are we going to see yes. that? Are we, are we going to see mentor mail again this season? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still happening, but in a slightly different form. Okay. Um, so, you know, back when I was very active on Twitter, that was that was a thing. It was a thing that started right. during the lockout season when no fans could be in the building. And I was like, you know, how can I do something to bring the fans a little closer to this empty building and the team that they can't come and see? So that's kind of where the idea of kind of giving out the the game sheets from the script was born. Like it's it's something it was a piece of paper that was there when you couldn't be, right? Right. And and you know, maybe it's recycling, maybe it's a unique souvenir. I don't know. But well, I have uh, just real quick to interrupt you. I have I'm in the proud um, recipient of a Nino Niederreiter goal piece of mentor mail, and that uh, you know, especially now that he's not on the team, he was a great Hurricane. I miss him so Absolutely. much. He's still with us, but um, I have that to hold on to, and I really appreciate it. So I never go ahead got and one. Continue. I never got one. <laughs> yeah. So you know, kind of in in the in the post lockout, it, it kept going, and you know, I had enough people kind of following me and interested on Twitter that I could give out four, five, six, seven sheets a game, and and not really kind of repeat anybody, and and it, it, was, and it was really cool, and it's something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, and then you know, I'm not not really on Twitter anymore, so. I, I tried on a couple of other social media platforms like, Hey, anybody want it? But it, it really wasn't the same. Like it, it, it was kind of lightning in a bottle for, for Twitter specifically, mm -hmm. but I still kind of wanted to do it. Even though there weren't really any takers in, for the post office anymore. Um, 
So what I did instead was I, I still kind of gather up those pages, the interesting ones out of the script, and I'll, I'll have them with me. And as, as I leave the arena going out to my car at the end of the game, I go out through the loading dock, which is where the players park. So that's where all the fans are kind of lined up right. at yeah, the barricade yeah. looking for autographs. And I'll give it out there. So that's I'll just awesome. kind of, hey, anybody want any game sheets? And, you know, most of the time people are like, I do, I do. And sometimes people are like, who the hell are you? And what, what is a game sheet? Why should I care? <laughs> which is fair. I can't argue the point. Um, but yeah, so I give it out there now. And people seem really appreciative of it. And I've, seen, I've had people still send me some pictures like, I got this. This is so cool. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of keeping the tradition alive that way. That's great. Well, I know where I need to go after games now. There you go. I, know, I need to. I need to put some on my wall. What's your favorite uh, announcing moment that you've had uh, since you've been with the Hurricanes? Is there any one that sticks out? Because I know there are a ton. But is there, there any certain one that sticks out to you that was like, wow, like this is I'm going to remember for the rest of my life? I'd I'd say there are three big ones. Uh, that I can think of. And I'm sure there are others because, um, because there have been a ton of great memories. So one of them would be when in 2019, we clinched the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so another one of my bits, another one of my gimmicks that I do is, you know, at the end of a storm surge, I'll give a big Canes win, mm-hmm. um, which, which I which I stole from Harry Carey, uh, a longtime Chicago Cubs play by play guy. Well, there's Cubs win, Cubs win. Like so, I, so I stole that. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. Uh, That's a lesson <laughs> I took took to heart. Um, but you know, you had the you had you had the storm surge. Everybody's pointing up at the. And, you know, at the screen where it shows the Montreal score, which means that we got in and, you know, they do their storm surge. And so I got to, instead of saying Canes win, I got to say Canes clinch playoffs. And that was right before Peter Morozik first star came out. And we yeah. are in, we are in. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, so that was <laughs> legendary. Um, another one that was really cool was game three of the first round where I got to welcome the welcome the fans and welcome the teams to play off hockey for the first time in a decade. We're playing Washington. We're down to nothing uh, coming back home after that, uh, after starting on the road, but I got to be there in the deafening crowd and, and, and you know, where it's a great night for playoff hockey in Raleigh for the first time in a decade. So that was a really special moment for me. Yeah. And then the third one, uh, is is a fun one, not really kind of monumental or kind of you know, you know like deep in the soul. Uh, I loved during the uh, during the dark days. Um, I got to announce Justin Falk having scored a fat trick uh, <laughs> because during that during that year, and I'm sure I could find when it was, but it was we it was in an, in an era where we had three different food promotions for every game. Oh, so if Justin Falk scored, you got free queso at Moe's, right? If we scored a power play goal, you got Bojangles Bowberry Biscuit. Oh, I got a great story. And if we scored four more goals, you got a discount on Papa John's. So there's this one game where Justin Falk scored a power play goal to make it four whatever canes. So we unlocked all three food promotions at the Threw exact same time. <laughs> and so when he scored, I got to say... And that's a fat trick. That's awesome. <laughs> that's one of that's, my per, just personal favorites. It's so goofy. That's real great. quick. 
I'll tell a funny story. So I remember uh, when we used to do the uh, Bowberry Biscuit for the power play. And I and so I went to Bojangles the next. I Oh, they still do? Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. So, but the most, it was so embarrassing. But in the end, I got a Bowberry Biscuit. I went up to the lady and I was like, hey, because I swear I thought I heard you say like, to say like I'm a caniac, like and it's it, bow time. time. Yeah, she just looked at me like I was crazy. Oh yeah, and, and and everybody was looking at me, and I was like, you know, the Hurricanes scored on the power play. Then she like had to bring her manager in, and I was oh, like, rookie, oh my rookie. god! But I ended up getting the uh, biscuit. Good. But I'll never, I'll never forget that moment. No, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that the the precise wording has maybe not made it down to every employee. Um, sometimes you can be like, Hey, uh, can I get my free bowberry? And they're like, sure. And sometimes you go, I'm a caniac it's bow time. And they're like, what the hell are you on? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that, I think that's part of the, part of the joy of the promotion. Oh, that's great. Well, Hey, um, mentor, it looks, you know, we're, we're running up on time here, but, um, we really appreciate you coming on with us tonight. It was a, a good conversation. Uh, real quick. Do you want to, do you want to let everybody know where we can find you one and then once we cover that, we kindly ask that if you would <laughs> let us <laughs> le- uh, end our little segment here with a goal call. I think I can make that happen. All right. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm very easy to find. I'm, uh, I've got my website, wadementor.com. I'm on TikTok as wminter42. Uh, if anyone is on the new Blue Sky Network, I'm hanging out there as at wadementor.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, you can come out and see D-League or Lower Sea Hockey uh, Saturday nights or Sunday nights if you want to see me playing hockey very poorly. Um, I'll occasionally <laughs> do improv shows at Comedy Works. I actually did one for the first time in a year uh, last night, actually. Time has wow. no meaning. So yeah, I'm I'm around. Uh, if anyone needs, you know, runs a business and needs anonymous feedback, check out my uh, startup suggestionox.com, like suggestion box without the B. Okay. So yeah, I stay busy. All yeah. right. So you want a goal call, huh? We do. Yeah. All right. Well, you got to tell that. me who you want. Um, uh, we got to hear let's... something from the new guys. No, hold on. Hold on. Okay. All got, right. this, is, a... this is the point of discussion, right? I've got a special <laughs> request here. So here's what I want to do. I want to pretend that the away team pulls their goalie late in the third period. And we have Auntie Ranta behind the net and he, uh, you know, he goes back in the trapezoid and he gets a puck and he slings it down the ice and it goes into the net. So that's what I would like to hear. Could, could you think we can make that happen? <laughs> so you're setting up a scenario here is what I'm saying. There, yeah. There's a scenario going on here. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, we'll see if it's a particular likely scenario. Uh, all right. Um, Give me a second to think about this one. This is going to be momentous. Uh, All right. So that has just happened. Crowd's going nuts. Pucks dropped. Carolina Hurricanes. Goal! His first of the season score by number 32, Ante Ronda. That's his first career National Hockey League goal. Love it. All right. Yes. That's a wrap. Yeah, that's yeah. a wrap. I'm done. Appreciate that's that. A wrap. That was great. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, mentor. Hey, we really appreciate this. Um, you know, hope hopefully we can get you on again sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we'll see you around the games. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. See you Wednesday night. Season, hopefully, so hopefully everybody, uh, everybody enjoys it, and let's go Canes. <laughs> Thanks, mentor. We appreciate it. Ab, that was a lot of fun uh, hearing from mentor. That goal call was awesome. What did you think? Oh my gosh, I you'll hear. Uh, it was just yeah, that was pretty cool. I love the way he says Ranta. Yeah, I do too. Um, yeah, you know, he's an interesting guy. I mean, yeah, we we go you go to the arena, you hear him on the mic, but you don't really know the guy behind the mic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's cool to get inside of his life and uh you know just how he got that job and um you know he's an awesome guy we're lucky to have him in raleigh mm -hmm. uh, hopefully he's here for many more seasons to come mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um so let's go ahead and take a break before we get into covering uh games one and two of the current season and hear from our sponsors the nfl season is going strong and DraftKings sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner, Gold Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And we're back. We are back. All right, let's get into this good stuff here. So season's off and running. We're two games in at the time of recording. Uh, today is Sunday, October 15th, uh, midday. We are gearing up for the game against Anaheim tonight. Mm -hmm. um, AB, did you have a good time? I know I did. Did you have a good time Wednesday night uh, for opening night? Oh, it was great. The atmosphere was amazing. Tailgating was ama amazing. Uh, it was packed there. I think we, yeah, we sold it out. hundred percent. We sold it out. Oh, yeah. uh, and the hurricanes announced too, that uh, this is the most season ticket members they've ever had in history, which was nice. But the one that I was the most worried about was a win. And the hurricanes sure. started it off the season with a five to three win against Ottawa. Started slow. Ottawa was better. In the first period, and of yeah. course they had that goal, and to make it one nothing, Freddie kept them in it in the first period. Uh, and the guy who scored the first goal for Ottawa 
Matthew Joseph put Ottawa on the board early, like I previously just said, with a goal. Freddie finished the game with 27 saves on 30 shots for a 90 save percentage or .900, however you want to look at it. Canes pushed back in the second, scored two goals. Griff called it, bunting That's right. the first goal for the Hurricanes on the power play. It was assisted by Sebastian Ajo and Tony D'Angelo. And, like I have said, Teravainen's going to start the year hot, and he scored immediately after at the end of the period by Natchez and Shea. Stahl hey, got on quick. the board. Real yeah. quick. Um, yeah, so my bunting prediction came true. However, it didn't happen in the first four minutes of the first period, like I had said, but he still was the first on the board. And then, yeah, good call with Teravainen. He's uh, two games, two goals, right? And we'll get to oh, yeah. the second goal later, but um, yeah, sorry, interrupt you. Keep going. <laughs> Stahl got on the board only 20 seconds in uh, to the third period and made it three to one. Ottawa pushed back to pick up shorthanded goal from Kelly, followed by Stutzel uh, 35 seconds later to tie it at three. I really thought that Ottawa was going to win after they got those back to back goals pretty quickly. Um, and Ottawa got some momentum off their uh, PK, and Orloff had made that mistake to cause uh, the game to get tied, I believe. And yeah. Carolina refocused. Shea got a goal that was assisted by Foss and Stahl. The Stahl line was great all night. They played extremely well, and Slavin uh, provided some insurance with a shorthanded goal on his own. And it put the Canes up two that was assisted by KK and Jarvie. So all around, you know, it's the first game. Obviously, they're not going to be in perfect shape. Orloff was quiet. Bunting, just like we wanted him to, was to pick up shots on the rebound. He did that. Uh, D'Angelo looked great. You know, I want to hear what you think, because the game, a win is a win. Uh, Definitely not the best, but something to kind of take a deep breath and relief that you didn't lose that game. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we got off to a slow start, you know, kind of knocked some of the rust off, you know, but Ottawa didn't. Ottawa was on top of it, you know, out of the gate. And, you know, I think I feel like I had the feeling like it kind of caught us off guard and. uh, and, you know, Freddie was solid in that first period. Without Freddie uh, and his play in the first period, it could have been 5 nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like, that, you just felt like uh, we were on our heels for the first period. And, um, you know, we first period ended, you kind of had an uneasy feeling. And then – but you felt like, you know, Canes are going to get to their game, second period, and, uh, you know, turn this thing around. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, bunting hit that goal he's man he's just i just can't overemphasize how great of an addition bunting has been i know it's Mm -hmm. only been two games into the regular season but he looks good Mm -hmm. i mean he just does he's uh i just and i expect him to continue to get better as he becomes more comfortable in our system and the same with orlov i just feel like orlov has kind of gotten off to a sluggish start you know he's made some mistakes He's been directly responsible for, you know, a couple really that those two goals uh where Ottawa tied it were, you know, the first goal came off of an Orlov mistake. He was a two on one 
And, you know, granted it was a two-on-one, but he played it horribly. I don't even – he didn't even really look like he tried to play it. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I was kind of confused. But, you know, it's going to take him to time, some time. We went through this with Brent Burns last year. You know, I remember thinking about 10, 11 games in, you know, this is not what we expected at all. But then he turned it around and had a great season. So I mm-hmm. I expect the same for Orlov this year. Um, and my last thought really is, and even through, you know, last night's game at LA, mm-hmm. the power plays just looks the same. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, D'Angelo's out there and I, I like having D'Angelo and Burns on the first unit together, but we just, we can't gain entry. Mm-hmm. We have so much trouble gaining entry and, you know, they, they try to do this little thing where they pass, you know, laterally. You know, somebody tries to bring it into the zone, pass it laterally, and then, you know, get it all the way over to the boards and then, you know, try to hit the puck around the boards to the other side. And mm-hmm. it's just, you mm-hmm. know, you're just leaving it up to a 50-50 chance to get the puck back and uh, get something set up. I wish they would try to do something different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have um, they have the talent to be top 10 in the league. Bunting, obviously, on the power play is doing his job because he's in front of the net. He's down in the dirty areas, and that first goal was on the power play that he scored. Right, right. Um, I, d- I did notice, too, though, is on uh, s- some of the draws, y- you'll see Bunting on the right-handed defenseman side, and you'll see Burns on the right wing yeah. immediately on the faceoff, which was kind of interesting to me because I guess they're trying to uh, – set it up to D'Angelo to bunting to connect with a one timer. I, I don't I don't know, but the power play is it's looking like the same old crap. And you know, I I just feel like if we don't win the face off at the beginning of the power play, if if we lose that face off and the puck gets cleared, that just screws up the entire rest of the power play. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that when we have to go back down the ice, get get the puck, bring it back up, and try to set up, we struggle. If we win the face-off at the beginning, we get it set up. You know, if, if the face-off is one clean, we usually get it set up, and it and it looks good for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, but every time we have to exit the zone and then try to re-enter, it's just like we have the worst time trying to get something established. And, um, you know, last night versus L.A., I just felt like every single power play face-off Aho just could not win. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I get it. Kopitar is an excellent faceoff guy, but um, it's just it's just been tough. Uh, hopefully, they you know they figure it out here. That's um, why I would like to have Stall honestly on the second unit at least, because I mean, you need a good faceoff guy to keep it in the zone. Because, like you said, when they have it in the zone, they set it very well, and. Especially uh, the problem is is the scoring. Uh, they'll pa- I think they pass it around too much, trying to wait for like a pristine opportunity. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just like you said, it's pretty much dump and chase when they get it out of the zone, and right. not like six times out of ten, they're just gonna clear it again. So yeah, I, I don't know. But get into the uh, game yesterday where we had our first Canes after dark. Yeah. So um just to wrap up the uh Ottawa game, the Canes went eleven forward, seven defensemen. Lemieux was the healthy scratch. 
uh, Chatfield got in, but he only played like just over four minutes. So that's just yeah. something to keep an eye on as we move forward. But uh, game two versus L.A. was last night. Um, I watched the whole thing. I was struggling, and it went to <laughs> overtime, and I was like, oh, my God, like I need sleep. But I hung in there, <laughs> and Canes picked up a 6-5 shootout win. Uh, Carolina started fast, uh, contrary to the game against Ottawa. They got right to their game against L.A. Burns scored just about four minutes into the game, uh, assisted by Slavin. Uh, a little bit later, and we'll <laughs> we'll get into this in a minute, but the refs <laughs> had their hands all over this game last night. Uh-huh. Um, just anyway, we'll get to it in a minute. But Ajo uh, scored shorthanded. Off of, uh, on a breakaway after a turnover uh, right at the opposing blue line. Several minutes later, KK followed up with a goal to make it 3-0 just halfway through the first period, and I was feeling great. I was like, oh, man, they're uh, they're playing well. They're forechecking well, uh, and it's 3 nothing. Usually it's shot, 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 and, and then still 0-0, but last night the goals were hitting the back of the net. So, yeah, that's when I turned off the TV. I was like, this is going to be a breeze. <laughs> I went to bed <laughs> and I then I wake up this morning and, you know, it, I've looked Some what things transpired, huh? Yeah. yeah, I missed it. So to conclude the first period, Dowdy scored just before the end to make it 3-1. So we went to the first intermission at, uh, up two at 3-1. Second period gets going. Uh, Brendan Lemieux took a pass from D'Angelo put the puck in the back of the net to make it 4-1. Uh, two and a half minutes later, Anze Kopitar responded, uh, made it 4-2. And then Carolina hit right back, Tavo Teravainen, on another shorthanded goal mm-hmm. on a great pass from Ajo and Shea to make it 5-2. So two shorthanded goals last night. And with Ajo's shorthanded goal in the first, Sebastian Ajo now becomes the franchise-leading shorthanded goal scorer with 17. Why can't we do that on the power play? I mean, I don't know, but, you know, I'm to the point where I'm just like, go on the PK and let's get some shorties. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, we went up 5-2 on Tara Vinan's goal. Uh, the Kings responded on the power play to make it 5-3 in the second. Uh, so we go to the second intermission at 5-3. Third period. I just felt like Carolina was on their heels. Uh, LA mm-hmm. was pushing hard. They um, they were playing very hard. They're playing fast. You know, there was just no structure to Carolina's game, and part of that was because we couldn't stay off the PK. I mean, just penalty after penalty after dumb call after. I mean, some of the calls were legitimate. You know, I get it, but some of these calls are just ticky tack. You know, ref ref wants to get on the mic. I mean, just aggravating, but. Anyway, it seemed like Carolina all third period was just trying to swat the puck out of the zone and just run time off the clock and hang on to this two-goal lead. L.A. Yeah. said not. L.A. said that's not going to happen. They scored midway through the third to make it 5-4. Um, got another power play toward the end with about, I think it was about three and a half minutes left in the game. L.A. goes back on the power play. Um, we killed the penalty, but right at the end of that power play, L.A. pulled Copley off the ice to the bench. And while Copley was skating to the bench for L.A. to send their extra skater on, uh, Kopitar tied it up 
on a goal with a uh, minute 20 remaining in regulation game ended five, five, um, you know, and then we went to overtime, overtime after dark, uh, after, after dark. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Canes looked decent. They, they, uh, they were able to control possession for most of the, the three on three. They just couldn't find the net. Freddie came up big on several key saves in overtime. One of those being that toenail kick uh, to keep LA off the board and force the shootout. Shootout went back and forth for nine rounds um, before Marty uh, Jordan Martinuk finally ended it with a goal. Uh, your shootout shooters were Brent Burns was first. Uh, that Burns shot was saved by Copley. Second shooter was Tara Vinen, again, saved by Copley. Third shooter was Ajo, uh, who needed this goal because L.A. scored their second round goal. Um, and then Freddie saved the third round. So Ajo hit that beautiful mm. uh, that beautiful shot. He slowed down right before he got to Copley and did his little deke to the right and then around Copley uh, to the left once he bit. So that took us into the extra overtime sessions. Jarvis came out next. Uh, Copley saved it. Then Nature scored on the fifth round. Um, to keep it going. D'Angelo was next, saved by Copley. Bunting was seventh-round shooter, saved by Copley. Shea was after that, again, saved by Copley. And then Jordan Wayne Gretzky Martinuk. Yes. <laughs> Ends the game. Uh, Canes get the win, 6-5, skate off, and get on the bus and drive to Anaheim. Um. You know, Freddie had a rough night, I think. And I'll let you talk on this, too. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, just quickly, I think Freddie made a ton of clutch saves during the shootout uh, to keep Carolina in it. I mean, because I mean, we went through several rounds in the shootout without a goal. So, without Freddie, that, you know, no way we would have got that win. But, um, you know, he had a rough night. And, you know, five goals. But, man, it was just a crazy game. I mean, so many penalties to kill off. Um, just never got in a rhythm and, you know, LA was pushing hard. So you have any thoughts on that game last night, AB that, you know, any thoughts that from, from what you did watch or, or what you've watched since then? <laughs> so I, so I watched the highlights, uh, and saw some, uh, Brendan Lemieux scored his yeah. first goal in his first game. That yeah. was exciting. Uh, against former, his former team. team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, Freddie obviously struggled and I don't know if it was all his fault. I think the defense, uh, especially the second line and third line, weren't really there. And I know uh, Burns and Slavin got uh, scored on, too. Um, yeah, they played well, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played really well. Uh, Orloff waiting for something to happen. We talked about that. Uh, D'Angelo, you know, played played pretty well. Uh, obviously, besides uh, some mistakes, well, I think pretty much every – Defensemen made mistakes, but bunting was noticeable. Uh, Lemieux, like I said, first goal, very noticeable. Um, Ajo, Teravainen looks great. Hope he can keep up the pace. And let's just throw that one in the trash. We got the win. Move on to the next one because after watching everything, I mean, the referees were 
it seemed like they were playing the game more than the teams. But uh, Los Angeles played really well. They're a really good team. Uh, but now, by the time of recording here in about a couple of hours, the Hurricanes are taking on the Anaheim Ducks. And the past few years, the Ducks have been synonymous for struggling. Uh, John Gibson has said that he wants out. Um, and Zegras and Terry are kind of their most notable guys. Uh, and uh, Drysdale. So uh, this feels like a game that the Hurricanes can, you know, if something happens, this Screw is up. definitely, yeah, this yeah. is definitely the game. Um but I'll be interested to see how the team looks. You know, I expect uh, Orloff to play better. Uh, and before we talk more about this Anaheim game, I will say this. When I saw Orloff get put on the third line, I was kind of worried that he wasn't going to get as much playing time. But Rod has balanced out those two lines pretty well. They both kind of get the same amount of time if you yeah, kind of look at it. He's just rolling them. Yeah, so which is nice, and obviously Slavin and Burns are going to have the first, the top minutes. But yeah, I mean, what do you think about this game? Uh, Anaheim or, or yeah, Tottenham? Anaheim, Anaheim. Um, I mean, it feels like a trap game. I mean, you know, you <laughs> travel to L.A., you you know, rough game against L.A., and then you know, next night right back at it against Anaheim, who's really had our number last couple seasons. Don't um, say that. I mean, they just have. Well, I'm, yeah, this is definitely the game that they could most certainly uh, I mean, lose. They could. We're big favorites. Big favorites uh, to that win tonight. That always happens. Yeah, big favorites to win tonight. But Zegras, um, you know, he's always dangerous. Uh, one of the good things is um, Alex Kalorn, who signed mm-hmm. with Anaheim over in the offseason, who was named their captain. He's on IR, um, isn't he? He is on IR. He's not playing. So I didn't know he got named a captain. Um, I believe. Am I? Did I dream that? He, he probably did. I don't know if he got named captain. I'm gonna Google it while we're sitting here. Hold on. Because I remember the last one. Obviously, was Getzlaff. I think their alternate maybe last year was Fowler. If I'm not mistaken, Fowler. I don't know if Zegris was one. I can't remember. Um, who else would have been? I thought he was. So who were their alternate captains? Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. Because I don't think Kalorn would have gotten named. Well, actually, I've seen a bunch of things. I will talk about while Griff is looking this up. Uh, Quinn Hughes was just named the captain for the Vancouver Canucks, and they had a cool little ceremony uh, before the game, how he came out with the uh, alternate captain jersey on and how – the previous captains handed him the uh, captain's jersey, which was pretty cool. Um, but enough about other teams. I'm wrong. Oh, no, you're wrong. I'm wrong. It's not. So he wasn't named captain. Why did I so think he was al- named captain? So were they alternate captains? They have three alternates then. I guess. I don't know why I thought that. I must have dreamed that. I don't know. All right. So <laughs> he did that. You, how about you keep talking and I'm going to look up their alternate captains. Okay. Um, so yeah. Let's see here. So 
hopefully tonight, you know, what I'm looking for tonight is uh, the Canes to put a complete game together. Uh, that's what they need to do. I'm assuming that Ronta, we'll see Ronta in net tonight. They haven't announced it yet, but with Freddie playing last night um, and then also in game one against Ottawa, we assume Ronta will make his season debut tonight. Um, and he's more than capable to have a great game. Just hope the team puts a, you know, full three periods together, uh, plays disciplined, you know, doesn't get too, you know, out of rhythm stays disciplined as far as penalties go, stay out of the box and, you know, use this game to work out your issues uh, before, you know, we've got Seattle coming up who's had a tough start, but it's still Seattle uh, who won a playoff series last year. And then we go, we're going to uh, Colorado to play the abs. So uh, let's get some things worked out tonight against Anaheim. Let's get a win um, and let's move on to Seattle. You got that pulled up yet? Yes, I got it pulled up. So they haven't had a captain since uh, Getzlaff, the right. year that Getzlaff retired. And yeah. our alternate captains last year are the same as this year, which is Cam Fowler, Adam Henrique, and Troy Terry. I don't know. Henrique, think... Henrique played for the Devils for, a ve- for well, I don't know if he played for a very long time, but he had that goal that uh, Doc Emmerich called that was pretty cool. But yeah, they yeah. haven't had a captain. I because I don't know who they would name as captain. I don't know why I thought I don't know why I thought Kalorn was named captain. I just no, anyway. he may be a he he may be an alternate, but I think their next next captain will probably be Zegris or Terry. Could be. Could be. Um, but we'll see. Anyway, uh we'll see. Let's you know, also to watch tonight is how we're gonna go with the uh the forward versus defense mix. Are we going to go 12-6 with Lemieux? 12-6. with Chatfield? Because two games, they've done it two different ways. So we'll see how that works out. 12-6. It worked last night. (laughs) Well, 11-7 worked in night one, too. Well, one could argue. Well, one of the guys scored. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Either way, I think we're fine either way. Just, you know, as long as they don't go in here and screw this game up, you know, looking forward to – their trip to Seattle, but we'll see. Um, after tonight against Anaheim, uh, by the time you listen to this, you probably already know the result of, the, of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Canes will continue their Western road trip, um, playing every other night this week. Uh, like we said, we'll probably see Ronta tonight versus the Ducks. And Tuesday night, we'll be in San Jose. Um, we'll probably go with Freddie that night, I'd imagine. Then Thursday night, we will be in Seattle. Uh, like I said, they've been off to a rough start, uh, 0-2-1 and to start their first three games. Uh, maybe they go back to Ronta that night, or you know, maybe they'll roll Freddie two in a row. We'll see. Saturday night uh, in Colorado, that could be a tough one. All right, we're going to learn a lot about Carolina again, uh, against Colorado, who looks to be as advertised so far through their first couple games. Yeah, the Kraken um, have struggled. Kraken have, yeah. They're, they're not uh, – they're, they're, they're going to figure it out, though, I think. They might not be what they were last year, but I expect them to figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just hopefully they wait till after Thursday night when we play. <laughs> but uh, then, you know, after the Colorado game, the Canes are going to come back to Raleigh. Uh, they're going to rest Sunday, probably have a practice Monday morning, and then fly to Tampa uh, for a Tuesday night game versus the Lightning. Finally, after that game in Tampa, they're going to return to PNC Arena for a Thursday night uh, game on October 26th. 
Where's the crack? Right. right. Yeah, that's against the Kraken. Uh, they're back-to-back home games Thursday, Friday night, uh, Seattle on Thursday night, and then San Jose on Friday night. And then uh, once those two games conclude, they will get back on the road to close out October for a Monday night, October 30th game against Philadelphia. So Spooky. Um, it's going to be a good October. So far, so good. Uh, there's, you know, I said my, one of my predictions in, in the last session was what, 16 of 18, or no, eight or 16 to 20 points? Correct. Um, in October. And so Correct. there's no reason that that can't, that can't happen. Um, yeah, mine was top 10 start. power play at the end of October, so. I don't well, know. They better, get, they better get that worked out. If that's yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so I think that wraps it up for us, AB. Any, any final thoughts or anything, uh, anything else you want to cover before we get out of here? No, I think we covered everything. I'll be right. interested to see what we talk about uh, in the next session. Hopefully a lot of wins. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll have what, how many games to cover then we'll have Anaheim, San Jose, Seattle and Colorado. There's be four games to cover by the mm. time we record again. So, wow! Get your uh, <laughs> get your note taking device out because it's going to be a lot that transpires between now and then. Yep, on standby. All right. Well, that's all we have. Um, follow us on all of our social media at Caniac Sessions. You can follow AB where. On X A B Caniac Sessions. And follow a, me. No, A B Caniac Session. I forgot. You no can't S. have the S. Yeah. Because you're limited on the amount of letters you can have. Yep. That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Man, we need to call Elon. We need that S. Um, I think I'm good. <laughs> follow me on X at M underscore Griff 10. That's M underscore Griff 10. Um Interact with me, send me some questions, or respond to whatever you see me post. I enjoy talking to everybody out there. Um, All right. A.B., take us out. So thank you guys for listening to Session 10. Can't believe we've already hit double digits. If you haven't already, follow, like, and I guess you subscribe on some of them. I don't don't really know. But regardless, yeah, do it. Uh, you need to do it right now. By the time that I'm telling you to do it, you need to click it right now. Have you clicked it? Okay, good. You have. All right. So thank you guys for listening, and we will see you in session 11. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac Sessions. To stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griff and AB, please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac Sessions. Let's go Kane! Let's go Kane!